this Friday, June 2nd, I'm Scott Seidenberg. I am Steve Fezzik. I'm Mackenzie Rivers. The Nuggets take game one of the NBA Finals, and Fez is going to tell us how to win. Here comes the Vegas truth. This is straight out of Vegas. We are straight out of Vegas AM, your daily destination for sports conversation with a Vegas lean. Here's what you need to know to start your day. The Nuggets take game one of the NBA Finals with a 104-93 win over the Heat. The Nuggets cover the spread. Doesn't matter what number you got. They covered, and the game goes under the posted total. As we welcome in the only two-time winner of the Super Contest, Mr. Steve Fezzik. Fez, game played out. The way I think most of us thought it was going to with the Nuggets winning and winning convincingly. And this is a situation. I know some people were sweating at the end if they got nine because the Miami had the ball late. But it didn't matter what number you got. Denver covered all numbers. Yes. But while Denver won convincingly the way we keep scoring Vegas, it was not convincing. Mm -hmm. Denver won by two against the spread. That's ultimately the final score. Against the close. Is But you could have gotten... Much better numbers earlier. And that's why in our tease, we talked about, I'm going to teach you how to win. This is going to be the most important show you ever listen to, because I am going to tell you, hey, there are different ways to win, all right? But I'm going to tell you how I and every single one of my friends who are pros, including one that wins almost a million dollars a year betting, and he's, he does better than I do, universally how we win, all right? And it's going to be eye-opening to some. Some people aren't going to like it, but... This is how everyone I know wins. And right, we, stay call, tuned. we call that a tease in right. the business. You know, he's getting good at this radio stuff. Yeah, right. Professional broadcast. <laughs> yeah. Mackenzie Rivers, our NBA expert. Uh, what did you see in the first half from the Denver Nuggets that allowed them to jump out to such a massive lead over Miami? Was it just fatigue from Miami that allowed Denver to pull away like they did? I mean, Jokic was masterful. I think it starts there. He's, he almost went over his points props shooting 12 times, 8 for 12. Uh, <laughs> so he was a consistent force throughout – I think Jeff Van Gundy said he literally made all the right plays every single time he had the ball. He did end up with one turnover, so maybe he had all but one perfect perfect play throughout this game. But they only scored 104 points even with, with that. So they had some of those jitters you expect for a first-time finals team. I think it is about fatigue, specifically Jimmy Butler. He had a decent game seven, didn't shoot well, scored 28 against the Celtics. But if you just call that a wash, he's had one average game out of his last five. Uh, he seems to be wearing down later in these playoffs. I think that was noticeable that Butler was fatigued. And, uh, you know, I was listening to the radio call uh, as I was driving around. And I think it was PJ Carlissimo on the ESPN radio kept saying, you know, Jimmy's gassed. Jimmy's he's gassed. Because Doris Burke was asking. He's like, what, what are you seeing here? What are you seeing? That, why was like, he more aggressive? Yeah, why, isn't, why is he being so passive? Because And that was the key term. And that's why Doris Burke's so incredible at what she does. I love her. He was being passive. Like, it, he got the ball at the top of the key. He had a three-pointer open, and as soon as Jokic gets in his face, there wasn't a pump fake and a move around him. He passed it up. And she asked, why is he being so passive? And P.J. Carlissimo was just like, he's gassed. He is gassed after that series against the Boston Celtics. Fez, when you start to notice that, how do you look to attack that 
you know, the, the shortcomings of a player like that? Do you, like, fade Miami? Do you look to play under a Miami team total? Maybe under Butler prop? How do you notice something in the course of a game, as you noticed with, like, the Tatum injury early in the Game 7 of the Celtics series, and then attack it from a betting perspective? Yeah, so we're talking Game 1, live betting. The problem is almost no books let you bet player props. You mm-hmm. know, they, they, in faraway places, I do think FanDuel and DraftKings yep. may offer it, but since it's not offered in Nevada where I reside, it's not something that I, I specialize in. But absolutely, if you're seeing a player, and, and the, the poster child would be Tatum, you know, yeah. when he yes, rolls yes. his ankle. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if that just got taken off the board. It probably did. But um, there, there was no way Tatum was going to score 29, 28, 27, or right. 21, you know, given that circumstance. And there's a lot of attention in the playoffs, but it, this happens a lot in the regular season, and these are all algorithm-based. Go to FanDuel. I bet Tatum, after he hurt his ankle, it was 29-and-a-half pre-flop or 30-and-a-half. It'd be like 28-and-a-half. They do not necessarily make the right adjustment. Uh, look for those opportunities. Well, I want to ask you gentlemen a question here. Shoot. I'm going to pose a question, and I'm going to give you a little data. Denver scores 104. Mm-hmm. Okay, Miami minus two players scores 90. Those two players, Martin and Struess, shoot 17 times. <laughs> what is the probability Denver covers minus nine? <laughs> so I, I can only get one bucket or one and a half buckets, and still cover with a 14 point edge. It's, I mean, it's astronomical. I'd say uh, 95 percent. I, I, I would go 98. Mm-hmm. Basically, you have to have givens for sure. You have to go. You have to. It's it's like playing a seventeen team parlay, and you have to hit sixteen of the seventeen or all seventeen legs. It's just like it's like you have to hit a ten team parlay that has a one in a thousand chance, and then you have to go six and one. <laughs> it will not happen. It cannot happen. Now, obviously, I'm cherry picking the two players that did poorly, but I watched the game, and all I saw was Struce wide open three miss. Mm-hmm. Struce wide open three miss. So you can tell me that. Miami was fatigued, and Jimmy Butler was fatigued. I agree, Butler did look fatigued. And obviously, Struess and Martin were probably fatigued because they shot so poorly. Well, Adebayo looked like he was the greatest American hero to me. (laughs) So I think we're cherry-picking a little bit. I think Denver, now part of this is they did get up 20, and they coasted a little bit. But uh, they had no business getting up that much. Uh, Struess, I hope there's no inquiry that he threw the game, because (laughs) if there is, he's going to prison. He's out of Chicago. (laughs) You know, um, I thought Miami defensively was not good in the first half, and I thought they were much better in the second half. And if you look at the grand scheme of things, as you mentioned, Fez, Denver only scored 104 points. That's something that no other team this postseason was able to do against them. Denver was scoring 119, 120, whatever, against the Lakers, against the Suns as well. There was the one win against the Suns where they had 97 points. Other than that, this team was scoring like above 110 in in every game this postseason. If the Heat are able to keep them to 104, they're not just going to win one game this series. They're probably going to win at least two. Oh, they're going to win the series. If they hold Denver well, yeah. to 104 each and every game, I despite being down 0-1. By the way, good news. Um, Denver no longer has home court advantage. It's now even. Uh, by the way, I keep track, which apparently nobody else does. <laughs> no, but no Denver one keeps does. track the way you do. I know they don't. But Denver had. But 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 this is an example. The reason they don't keep track is because I understand all, what you're saying. There's six games left, and it's three three. Yes, but yeah. what happened is one guy in 1988 invented this. Well, if it just plays according to form, and and teams keep winning at home, they have yeah. the home court advantage, and everyone has agreed with that. And maybe I'm just I, I just a weird dude. 
But in my eyes, Denver has an advantage in the series because they're up 1-0 right now. They capitalized on their home court advantage. They no longer have it. It makes sense. It's logical. I, I get what you're saying. Uh, because do you agree if, if Miami plays defense like they did, holds Denver to 104 points, Yes, they, they, they have a really good chance in the series? The second lowest, like you mentioned, out, output for the Nuggets. How much of that do we think it was just nerves? I mean, game one of the finals, they had all these days off. They shoot eight for 27 for three themselves. I feel like they got to be a lot better. Is it like they... they scored 29 points in the first quarter? Yeah, it's a good point. I don't know. Why did they shoot eight for 27? Well, they, a lot of it was fatigued. the fourth quarter was – they. they, Wonky. they, they yeah. I, I think I didn't watch all the fourth quarter. but, but Miami, Denver, made a, Miami made a bunch of threes in that I, fourth quarter. And I'm quarter. guessing Denver probably like, oh, let's run a little clock. Jokic was 20. out of the game. He it's came the only back way in with like six minutes left. If, yeah. we, if we screw it up, so that disrupts the offense, and that's probably a big part of it because certainly Denver looked – you know in the first half to be A-OK offensively and in Italy, and especially late in the third quarter up to that point. Yeah, and that was my handicap coming into the series where the Heat keep coming back. I think they're 7-2 and two when they're down by 10, and they do so with defense. They do so like throwing a lot of muck into the situation, and the Celtics would have stretches where they couldn't score at all. Denver's not going to have stretches where they can't score at all. They're too diverse. They're too talented. Uh, even when they're bad, like they were in the fourth quarter, they put up 20 just enough to cover, help their backers out. Let's take a look at game two, McKenzie. Nope. Nope, not I yet. Go to game two. No, we we I got to teach you how to win first, and this is part of the theme is is the game one. Okay, let's well, go. All right. Okay, I was I, gonna save it because I was gonna tease ahead, but Fez. Well, I'm gonna do it throughout the show because I want to do it as on point with each and each with each individual. Game. Now, does this have anything to do with the parlay that we built on the show last night, myself, RJ, and McKenzie? No, we'll get to that later. Because um, that one. We'll get to that no later. Doubter. Congratulations, <laughs> and we'll get to that. And it was excellent handicapping on your on your parts. But we'll get to that later. So the the, the key here, and this is going to be controversial, all right? I talk about all the guys I know that win, including my friend Pastrami that just wins a, a ridiculous amount. By the way, he's a great poker player. Also, just finished a top five in one of the uh, one of the win tournaments. He's getting into this, um, a little practice before the World Series. I was about to say, events. building the bankroll before the WSOP. He has a bankroll. He's <laughs> building his, he hasn't played these all-day tournaments. It's more building up his stamina. stamina. Yeah. Yes, yeah. exactly. And he's like, I don't want to work out before the tournament. I don't want to get tired. I'm like, you could work out a little bit. Um, the Pastrami. I know that I know that Denver closed the covered the opening number. They closed the cover the the closing number minus nine, and you could easily make the case Denver was the right side. And I don't disagree. Once we get into our time machine and analyze everything, then again, Max Struess did absolutely suck, and Caleb Martin was a no show. But the bottom line is the way you win is you get closing line value. The much despised closing line value that always seems to lose in the USFL or CLV for for short. So. The bottom line is, and I work with plenty of betting syndicates, and we rocked their world, and we got kicked out, and we did really well. And the number one thing we did is we got really good numbers. So if you lost tonight and you found a way to bet with a plus 10, which never materialized, well, that was a good bet, even though it lost, okay? And But the better bet was the opening numbers where the bookmaker set it as low as 5.5. I'm not going to say that was the opener because that pretty much went away right away, but I will say the opener was minus 7.5. Sure. And there were plenty of minus eights. You had a good, oh, 40 minutes, delay eight, all night long. Basically, when this number first came up, then you wake up in the morning and, and it leaks up to eight and a half and then finally nine. All right. So if you laid eight and a half, all right, you're the B team. If you laid eight or if, if you laid eight, you're B plus. If you laid less than eight, you're the A team. That's the people that are really getting the best of it. And if you laid nine, you had the right side. But how am I going to grade you? You're a C. You're a C player. 
You're playing like you're gambling. You're just gambling. You're hoping to win. All right. All right. You're, you're, you're handicapping against a market number that closes a market number, and you're hoping that you're handicapping and win. But the problem is, is that I searched the world and I cannot find one person publicly available on game day against a number that stays the same all day long that can hit more than 53% against the spread. I, now, there's plenty of people that can hit 55%, but they're not playing three hours before a game tips off. Yeah. They're getting the best of it like you do, McKenzie, oftentimes, playing against like, openers, playing game sixes under you know, when under 212, they closed 208. Will Guess, we ever not have CLV on a game six under? It's every time. <laughs> or, it's like an hour later. Yep. It, one it, and a half it, points. It, it's true. Like, like game, when game six goes under, the game seven people are like, oh, that's right. <laughs> and, and it's amazing. The game seven money is like a feeding frenzy, whereas the game six is still a trickle, trickle, yeah, trickle yeah. under. Mm-hmm. It's not, you have a little more time to get down. So now I, I hear everyone talking. They're like, oh, here comes Mr. Pass Post Fezzik telling us what the opener was. Well, I can show you my bets if you'd like to. You know, I laid seven and a half and I laid eight and I wasn't happy about it. I was screaming at my one of my betting partners who, who was discouraging me from betting because Miami looked so good against Boston at, at game seven. And he was like, why are we betting? You know, clearly Miami's way better than people thought. And I'm like, irrelevant. The line's right. going to close nine. And it did close nine. So I, I, I was happy I made that. So uh, as we move forward to game two against the number, I will talk about that and I will provide you a little value how to bet game two to beat the closing number. So let's talk about the bet that we won in game one. RJ McKenzie and I on uh, yesterday morning's show, we concocted a same game parlay. McKenzie did some incredible research and discovered the inverse correlation amongst Jokic and Butler scoring to the result of the game. Mackenzie, why don't you give us those numbers? Yeah, so uh, updated. I don't have it updated, but Jimmy Butler, 31 points per game in wins. Mm-hmm. He had 12 of them entering these finals. 22 points game in uh, 22 points a game in losses. So he, he scores, only won. He scores much less when he scored a bunch of points. He scored yes. He scores much less much less in losses. Yes, which kind of makes sense because like the very heat, common the most players have that kind of sport. where Jimmy Butler goes. Yeah. But it was surprising to find out the numbers on Jokic. And we saw it in the fourth quarter. When they really need a bucket, he shoots and scores a lot more. Uh, usually when they're winning, not always, he doesn't need to score it quite as much. 42 points per game and only three losses. Small sample size, but still. 42 points per game for lo- in losses. Only 27 points per game in these playoffs and wins for Jokic. 27. And exactly. His, exactly. And his prop was set at 27 and a half. Butler's was set as well, right? 27 yep, and a half. Number. And so we looked at this game. McKenzie was like, hey, you can get, like, plus 1,900 if you do, like, Miami with yeah. but, with Butler Which over. Which I didn't like, but, yeah. yeah, it was correlated. And then I was like, oh, that's a nice, like, correlation. And then I'm like, wait a minute. What's the opposite? And we looked at the opposite. And uh, if you took under Jokic, 27.5, under Butler, 27.5, Nuggets money line. Paid up plus 330. Yeah, and it cashed. Uh, now, we actually gave it out at plus, like, 108. Because yeah. we did the alternate unders. We gave ourselves a little wiggle room. By the way, a lot less of a sweat if you had that. Because Jokic had a shot with 27. I know, I know. Up. Yeah, so Jokic finished with exactly 27. So what we gave out at plus 108 was both of those players under 32 and a half. Right. And then Nuggets money line. Um, this was, it gives us a little more breathing room in case Jokic did have. I mean, you're getting you know, plus the money. In the third quarter, you think you're 98% to win. It couldn't have been a better bet. Good yeah. Job, guys. <laughs> and now I, uh, I was like, RJ, why don't we put it in the third quarter? Money line, 
And he was like, nah, now you're getting, now, 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 now you're gambling here. Now you're, and that would have hit as well. Yep. And that was RJ's best bet. So credit to RJ. Uh, the third quarter does win. They cover it by four, 25, 21 nuggets in the third quarter. And then what do we always see? I mean, the, it's amazing how the numbers just play out the way that the, the, the um, history tells us it's going to, where the team that's losing wins the fourth quarter. Like, yes. like this was a blowout game. And the Nuggets, you know, disappear in the fourth quarter. The Heat win the fourth quarter by 10. But if you took the first half line or the first, second, or third quarter with the Denver Nuggets, you covered every line. Easily, yeah. Yeah. So you hear that same game parlay, Fez. I know you cringe a little bit when you hear the terms same game parlay. But what do you think of that correlation? First, I got to discuss the big picture. Mm -hmm. Okay, so the same same game parlays are comparable, in my opinion, to like horse racing. Horse racing has like an 18% takeout with VIG. So same game parlays, the problem is not that you're playing parlays. Parlays are great. I've tweeted about this. There are several reasons to play parlays. Correlations. Well, I like that. You're playing correlations, Mm -hmm. so you get an A. I like that. And all you need is one of these three. Yep. Okay? Uh, Two is to circumvent limits. All right? So let's say there's a $200 limit on something that you really like. Well, you parlay it with 18 different things for $90 each, and now you got down <laughs> $1,500 in action. That's, that's, that's also know, very that's, good. Uh, yeah, because I know people that get limited uh, yeah. on certain sites, not going to mention them, uh, where they can only bet like, you know, 40 something dollars on a side. But yet, if they take that side and parlay it with a heavy money line favorite, mm-hmm. they go up to a couple hundred bucks. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> the third reason to play parlay. So the first reason is to, well, the second reason to, first reason is the correlation. The second reason is to circumvent limits. I'm going to give you five reasons. The third reason is to get a point spread that you can't get anywhere else, which is certainly possible with the same game parlay, but it's usually adjusted in the vague. I made my bones, made we, 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 made, we made zillions of dollars playing par- stale parlay, parlay cards. cards. Oh, yeah. And, um, and Mackenzie's seen me play parlay cards, and he knows I know what I'm doing. Oh, yeah. And you know what? They Like the same game parlays on these sites do have the alternate spreads. Yeah, but they – they, they juice but they you, yes. you right up yes. the, you know I what with the, with, with the vig. Yep. Um, the fourth reason is to get a better payout. Okay, so some places every now and then they'll have a promotion. They'll say you play a two team parlay, we'll give you a. Now the usual is to pay thirteen to five, but some places they they've done this before. Pay you fourteen to five. That's like laying minus one one hundred five and a half on each vig. Or so these sites run promos. will give you a twenty five percent odds boost on a same game parlay. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Now we're talking. Now mm-hmm. we're talking. You know, get, getting in the black. So, um, so the problem we have, you get an A, you get a gold star for finding a correlation that, in many ways, is a hidden correlation, which I like. So now maybe they're not robbing you when you're playing because they may not. They, so, so, so what you need to do, what you didn't do, is that you need to calculate based upon the we, odds that you're we given. Did, we did this. Okay. Because and R J brought this up. The, it's a, it's a, what did he call it? He called it like an inverse, yeah, co- an invert, an inverse they, correlation. They price it where Nuggets and money, and Jokic over exactly is, is what they're screwing you. Then Nuggets and Jokic under, which we think is more likely. Yes, but but, but now I I did I already did the calculation because you said if you hadn't taken the alternatives, mm-hmm. it would have paid plus one oh eight. Is that correct? Your three teamer Denver one oh eight was with the alternatives. Yeah, plus three thirty was the flat twenty seven mm-hmm. and a half unders with the. Nuggets money line. Okay. So what I did is I, I, I went ahead and priced a two-team parlay. I'm, I'm going to pull back the sausage here. So it's, I assume these par- – are, are the – Pull prop- back the sausage. I, 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 pull, let's, pull, let's, let's pull out and the sausage. And make some sausage. Let's, let, no, yeah. let's pull out the sausage and make some more little sausages. Um, 
I assume if you made a straight Packers. bet on these things, would it be minus one fifteen? Do you know if there would? Be... Yeah, minus one fifteen is fine. Okay, all right. So, if, so if you play it, I believe if you play it a two team parlay, laying one fifteen in each direction, it's going to pay approximately plus two forty. Because I know if you're laying minus one eleven, it's plus you know um, plus two sixty. All right. So right. so let's say I take a hundred dollars of my hard earned money, and I bet the two teamer. No correlate. It gives me the true odds. Mm-hmm. It's going to win two forty. So now I got three forty to work with. Okay. Yeah, and right? Nuggets money line was minus four hundred. Right. So I'm going to lay the minus four hundred the Nuggets money line. So that's going to pay. Um, what's three forty? Um, what's it going to give me? Like eighty bucks? It's going to give you. Seems like it's going to be right in line. About eighty five. Uh, like ninety dollars. We'll call it ninety. Yep. So okay, beautiful. So now I start with a hundred. See, I'm liking this. I start with a hundred. It turned into four four hundred thirty. If I play the three-team parlay, so I'm getting plus 330, which matches exactly what you're having. And this makes sense because, if anything, you're playing something that is negatively correlated. They think so, The the cockroaches aren't going to give you a boost for playing negative correlations. Mm -hmm. They're just going to give you your your, your true odds. Exactly. They they juiced you on if you wanted to go Jokic over with Nuggets Moneyline because that's what they think or what the computer thinks is the right play. So you're getting a correlation. Why do we play parlays? We play a correlation without mm. any odds reduction, and that's what you got. So, but like gonna, you said, a hidden correlation. That's right. So I'm going to give you an A+, plus and I'm going to give you a full endorsement. But now um, I'm going to go back to the audience and tell you everyone out there is – when you go to Wendy's and you see you know, the, the double Baconator on every commercial, all right? What do you think is the biggest like profit margin for right. Wendy's sandwich? The five sixty nine double baconator. It's like eight ninety nine. <laughs> yes, um, and the same game parlay is the baconator. This is like the hidden like whenever and I do and I've done shows and had sponsors and I I don't want to come out and say same game parlays are complete sucker bets because they probably fire me immediately, but nineteen out of twenty times they are complete sucker bets. And what's happened is that I I, I tweet all the time. You're either in on the con, or you're, you're, you're or, or you don't, or you're totally unaware. And as they say in the movie Casino, either way you're fired. All right, <laughs> don't play same game parlays because if you're smart enough to find the selective same game parlays and be able to win that way, then you're smart enough to just beat the living hell out of them playing stuff that's a lot easier to beat. Mm. Same thing with horse racing. If you can beat horse racing with the 18 percent track takeout, you can t- destroy them playing a prop bets on and the NBA. And most pro betters would never play horse racing. But there might be an opportunity where they get a call or they find some sort of correlation and they, they would play it, right? Yes, you know? yes. Like and, his, and mo- be... his, his mother was a mutter. <laughs> and the, the ultimate example of the great same-game parlay was the Golden State game where Draymond Green was going to play yes. Yes. You yes. Know, 18 seconds. So mm-hmm. you play, you just parlay Draymond under with everything. Every guess, Draymond under, yeah. And, and guess what? If Draymond's not playing, probably yeah. Looney and company are all going to play more. Mm-hmm. So you make them overs and you just mix and match and you just keep going to your accounts at zero and then you get barred and you can bet $1.85 the rest of your life. But um, so in general, there are opportunities that you can find with same-game parlays. But what you absolutely have to do is you have to take the odds and you got to learn how to, and do it the way I did. Like if it's a three-team parlay, like the first leg's minus 280. Say I always say I start with 100, all right? In this case, I would start with 280, make it easier. And so if I lay 280 on the first leg, now I got 380. I got 380 working for me. If the second leg is minus 200, then I'm going to win 190. So 380 plus 190, see where I'm going. So now I got 570. So that two-team or the true odds on that, um, I'm turning 280 and it, into 570. You, um, so go ahead and calculate each and every one that way and calculate what the true odds are to see how much you're being short-paid. And if you're being significantly short-paid, 
it is rarely right to make the parliament. Find another way to bet it. But you were, exactly. And I would make the case here, like, hey, Denver was a nine-point favorite. We knew Denver was going to win tonight. All right, we didn't know that, but (laughs) we thought it likely. So we could have just bet Butler under and Jokic under and gone 2-0 without all this fancy schmancy stuff. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, So let's talk about game two. Mackenzie, where, what were we at? The open, where are we now with the spread? Uh, Spread's been dead even, same as it was in game one, minus nine. What's interesting is the total opened at 216, three points lower than game one, already dropped to 214 in some spots. Uh, big reaction to the 197 scored in game one. Did, wow. did game one close 219? Yes. Okay, so so basically the odds makers said, we're going to knock it down three. The better say, not enough. Right. Um, you know, I'm going to make a bold prediction. I don't think that total is going to keep coming down. Um, I think at some point people are going to look and say, you know, that Struess guy is going to make a few of these threes. Yeah, and Denver's not going to be held to 104. And we're not going to have this so. quiet fourth quarter, you know. Where I actually, at 214, I like the over Yes, right now. I'm I not, really do. So, But I'm not I'm not a totals expert. But I will say in terms of sides, so, again, best bettors in the world, one book opened this game. Only one, 10. They opened it at 10, bookmaker. It lasted 80 seconds. And, and also, <laughs> it's very difficult because I can tell you I have a, a – a, bookmaker account and i don't i don't have access to it like i i log on and it's on the screen that says it's 10 but i can't bet 10 Mm -hmm. someone can bet 10 but not me not for there's like a delay okay and then immediately two kicks at the can it got cracked at and then you blink and it was nine and a half minus 18 which is basically nine i got a piece of plus nine lay 105 all right and so i know people are listening to me and they're saying fez always tell me be so smart after the fact. Anyone can look and say, oh, that line game one was going to go from seven and a half up to nine. Well, I can tell you, and RJ and I have had the same feeling. Now, maybe I'll be the first to take criticism that we probably overemphasized that the line was going to go down game two. But the line game one was nine. Game two was nine. Directionally, I'd be shocked if we were wrong. I would lay... Um, I would probably lay minus three hundred at least. I'd, I'd lay that was more. the bet RJ wanted to make with you. He's like, if it's ten, I'll pay. I'll pay you a big amount. Yeah, but he, there, he didn't want it. There is mm-hmm. no way. There is no way. Absent, I'm, I'm, I'm egregious mistake on my part that any pro is going to go to war with Denver minus nine because yep. this is the, the, Miami was in a terrible spot. Game one, right. absolutely mm-hmm. terrible. Now I know they got killed for three quarters, so there's something to be said for that. Okay. But they were in a terrible spot game one, and now they're in a good spot, which means this line. And I did say it was going to be seven and a half, and I, you know what? I regret that. It was too much of an adjustment. But directionally, I'm right. It has to come less. So play plus nine today, early in the morning, because the line's going to come down. And I don't know if it's going to come down to all the way to eight, um, but it's going to come down to eight and a half. And I'm, I can tell you right now, I'm going to give it out to my clients. And as soon as I get home in the wee hours, I'm going to give it out. And you're gonna and when you early in the morning it's probably gonna move to eight and a half. Yeah, I mean I agree. I like Miami at this number. Um, I think the two days in between games one and two is going to help Miami because game two is not until Sunday, so it's gonna help Miami get acclimated to the altitude, rest up a little bit. They'll be fine. In, they'll be better, I expect, in game number two. And you know the point that I was trying to make with RJ is that I think that. I expected, well, I expected, I mean, I figured Denver would win this game, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, the spread told us that. And plus, it was a horrible situation, as you mentioned, for Miami. And when RJ said, well, it's going to open up at seven and a half in game two, and I said, it's not. And I said, I think over the course of the two days in between the games, the public's going to come in and even bet Denver even more because they're going to see what Denver does to Miami in game one. I think that, I, I don't think this number gets a lot lower. 
I think you're right. Maybe eight and a half, maybe eight. It's not going to go lower than that. Because if someone sees seven or seven and a half out there, money's going to come in on Denver. The public is going to bet Denver, I, not Miami. I agree with that. Although I would, I'd be willing to bet to dinner right now that, and this is a bold prediction, that not only will the market go to eight and a half, I will bet you you can't get a plus nine, lay a dollar ten a post anywhere in Vegas, anywhere, Treasure Island. Hmm. I've learned not to bet Fez on these. Golden yeah. Nuggets. Yeah. Of course. You know, if I bet enough on it, and it was eight and a half everywhere. <laughs> Create your own line and, and like, like, like I and, and like it flashed to nine. I would immediately like I, I, I and I'm talking about the closing number. It's like so for Fezzik to win this bet, he's going to go to the, down to Tony Miller's joint and, and lay take plus <laughs> nine for three dimes. Yeah, yes, yeah. I got I got I got personally it. move it myself. <laughs> this is in the in the book and, and must read. I, have, have both of you read the odds by Chad Millman? I have not. No. Okay, I consider it to be one of the top ten gambling books mm. of all time. Okay, so it's I like Chad. It's 1999. He writes a book. Chad had no experience in in gambling at the mm-hmm. time, or late 1990s, and it, it basically talks about the Stardust sports book. Joe Lupo was running, and he moved on to bigger and better things. He's a, he moved to the Bogota, like the number two man in charge. Okay, not just sports, everything. Um, there was no legalized sports betting in New Jersey at the mm-hmm. time, so he couldn't do much at Bogota in in that area. And Bob Scucci took over at the Stardust at the time for Boyd. And Alan Boston, a polarizing figure. Um, some people love Alan Boston. Some people hate him. I, I have both. I, I, I can't stand him, and I love him. So um, the uh, the book documents, you know, basically a one season college basketball and football, and the odds makers and and Alan's betting and the like. So it's it, it's it's an outstanding book. So you absolutely. You know, should check that out. But talks it, it really talks a whole lot about these half points and how critical they are. The ultimate was the Super Bowl that year was the Tennessee Rams game. And the starters opened seven and a half. They took a $1,000 bet from a sharp plus seven and a half. They moved to seven. They never moved off of it. And, of course, 23-16, it lands on the number. Wow. Uh, oh, yeah, tweets coming in. I'm checking my Twitter. People about the same game parlay. Nice. They're very happy with us for that. I think... Mackenzie, the, the I think the opposite occurs in game two. So Heat win, Butler over, Jokic over. I wouldn't go Heat to one. I wouldn't, the problem here I, is I wouldn't think, go Heat win. I'd go Heat plus the, the nine. The problem okay. is we think the Heat are going to cover, which makes all this. We, yeah. we really want a game. Denver's going to kick ass, which meant you know game mm-hmm. one. Basically, yeah. that's in game, It was the ideal situation in game yeah, one, and now yeah. it no longer is. And 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 the thing is like like. Obviously, you you want a convincing win. You don't want this like to be going back and forth and being close and muddying up the waters. You know, I'm sure if, if Denver wins a cl- very close games, Jokic doesn't go right under. You know, he doesn't know who's going to win or not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, Fez, what do you think of the bet that I made with RJ, which was that if Denver wins the NBA Finals, it's Jokic going to be the MVP? Oh, I hate it. You, you hate it. Um, I, I hate he bet it. it. He bet it against me. Yeah. The, oh, reason, yeah. the reason being is that so what Scott did is he laid minus 320 on Jokic to be the MVP instead of Denver minus 400, basically saying it's a proxy for it and I'm getting 80 cents better on the price. Mm-hmm. When we priced it, it seems intuitive that you're like, well, as long as Jokic wins 32 divided by 40, yep. minus 320 divided by 400. Admittedly, you know, this is how I thought about 80% it. 80% of the Before time, I got this is the cheaper way to go. Well, if you actually work out the math, and the way I, I worked it out was that I said, okay, there's 100 series, and if we just bet Denver and they win 80 and they lose 20, which is what the market said, mm-hmm. I break even. So I win 80 units, beautiful. Oh, I lose 20 times, but I lose 
four units every time. So I lose 80 units and I break even. And it turns out Jokic has to win 95% of the time Denver yes. wins to break Just even. Just to break even. And mm-hmm. what the math is, is that now instead of winning 80 times, I only win 76 times. So I lose four units. That's not that big a deal. And you know what? The good news is, is that the 20 times that Denver loses, well, that's, you know, I, now that's good. I only lose on those 3.2 instead of four. All right. So I pick up, I pick up 0.8 times 20 in VIG. That's, that's like 16 extra units in VIG. But here's the problem. So now when I look at those eight times that, um, uh, that Denver wins, but Jokic doesn't get the championship, it's only eight, it happens 8% of the time. But now instead of winning a unit, I lose 3.2 units. Mm-hmm. And that's crippling when you multiply by the eight. And it turns out, like I said, that if Denver 90, 19 out of 20 times when they win the title, Jokic gets the MVP, you're indifferent. And I just see, heck, you know, Jokic is over-under 29, you know. Murray's over-under 26 per game. It's too, it's too close. It's, there, there's, there's certainly the chance that um, – and I get it, the narrative, if it's at all close, they're going to vote for Jokic. But what if it's not close? What if dude goes off for 50 in games three and five? Now we got a problem. Uh, I bring this up because we have updated odds. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. The Denver Nuggets are minus 800 to win this series. Wow, is that a terrible bet? Yeah, you can shop around. Minus 725, I'm seeing So think moment. about it. Yeah. Th- think okay. about it. Denver sure. was supposed to win tonight, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, they're, they're, they're a really good chance to win. And now the, instead of laying minus 400, now you're laying minus 800. It doesn't make any sense to me. Well, okay. it makes sense. But, the books are just you're just robbing you. I bet, I bet, I bet they're only giving you plus at most like six twenty-five on the comeback. Right, less at than most. That. Yeah, yeah. Less than that. Okay, so let's say find the, the the best number out there. What seven and change? Yeah. All right. So even if it's uh, call seven fifty. Let's call it seven fifty. Minus seven. Minus seven fifty. Minus seven fifty is what in pride probability of what? It's um. Well, it depends what the comeback is. Let's say eighty-eight percent. Fifty. It's like eighty-eight. It's like eighty-eight percent. Eighty-seven. Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, it's just good math. Um, Google Jokic is now minus four seventy to be the MVP. So Jokic has now become the far. Now, did did Murray have a big game? I, I don't know his numbers. Twenty six. He scored twenty six. So he didn't have a big game. He had he, he met was, expectations. So he was like surprises. he was the leading scorer throughout the game until Jokic had some baskets in the fourth quarter. Jokic yeah, the, only had like 14 points or 15 points, and then the fourth quarter came, and he got his over points. But the thing is, Jokic also got a triple-double. Yeah, and, and all this is irrelevant. Mm-hmm. People just look at the box score. Especially so, the 10 voters. So, so think about this. When it was minus 400, minus 320, I, I, I hate your bet, Scott. I'm like, just lay the 400 on Denver. Don't lay the 320 on Jokic. But now, if you had to bet it, well, hell yeah, lay the 460 on Jokic. Don't lay the 750. If you have to make a bet on Denver— mm-hmm. I don't think things have really changed much. I think yeah. Murray's chances of winning went up by a few, yeah, by a percent or two. It's yeah. not an, it's not significant. Yeah, what, what was Murray? It was like 14 to 1, now it's 10 to 1 or something like that? I think 12 to 1. It was 12 to 1, yeah. now it's 10 to 1, yeah. And uh, uh, different. you can shop around and find actually 8 to 1. But, yeah, Jokic's 450 as opposed to this minus 700 or 750 or so on the M- Nuggets. Mr. Rivers, what yeah. is our very best number that we can get on Denver? To win the series and our very best number on the screen to win for Miami to win the series right now that you see. Minus 725 on Denver to win it. Oh, I see. A minus, I can get you a minus 700 at DraftKings. Oh, there okay. you go. Yeah. 700. And uh, what's the take back at the minus 800 book? At the minus 800 book, plus 550 on the Heat. That's the same I'm seeing. That's so okay. 550 is the best. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so now here's here's my problem. So now the, the dastardly cockroach bookie will say, you know what? My theoretical hold 
is still only like only like five percent. So I have to deal a bigger spread. So like as an example, like in baseball, like they'll deal like minus one thirty plus one twenty with the dime line. But then they, but when it gets really large, like they're like, I got to deal minus one seventy and take back like plus one seventy two to preserve, you know, the same hold. And so the same thing, this does preserve the same hold, but it doesn't. Just because the hold is the same doesn't mean your chance of winning is the same. It's impossible, in my opinion, to win against spreads like this. And here's why: Let's assume so. So we're saying the no vig line right now. If we look at the best number in each direction, minus seven hundred plus five fifty, that's saying the correct line's minus six twenty five. Plus 625. If we had a, a no-vig sports book, if we were an exchange, and we had to seed it with some money and some offers, that's what we would put up. And just so by the way, that implies 86.2% for the right. next one. Right. So think about this. We can be, how, we can be wrong, all right, as a bookie, because we're basically dealing my 700 plus 550. We, how much can we be wrong by? We can be wrong by a mile. Yeah. Okay? So let's say the correct number should be um, uh, minus 690 plus 690. All right, way off. Or let's say the number should be minus 560 plus 560. Again, our minus 625 plus 625 no big number, way off. Not even the same neighborhood. No, I, I mean, just an egregious error. Better still can't bet it. Right. Better still got the the worst of it. You're going to take, you, you, you know, you're only getting plus 550. So even if the right line's five, minus 560 plus 560, you still have a negative EV bet. No one wins playing against bets like that. The one exception to the rule uh-huh. is that, from what I've seen, is there are some favorites where the public likes to play bet a little to win a lot. The so that the ultimate example that this would be the Irish dude McGregor yeah. decides Ooh, he's going up against Mayweather. Now was that a bowling competition? I can't remember. <laughs> Might as well have been. Was that like a a dart throwing competition? No, that was professional boxing. Okay, in professional so, boxing match. So the fifty and O undefeated professional boxer was able to beat a guy that is an archer or something <laughs> else. Shocker. So yeah. there was an example where literally and, there. And walk us through because that's a famous bet. Uh, what what could you get a week before the bet? Two days before the bet, and then how did it close? Okay, so months before the bet. Okay, I know people. That were like, this is the greatest bet ever, and they laid eight hundred on, Magr- on on Mayweather. Right. Okay, they, they, they so they bet like eight thousand to win a thousand, mm-hmm. and then he dropped to minus seven hundred, and then he dropped to minus six hundred, and they're like, oh. the Irish people came into town, and 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 then they're thinking to themselves, oh my god, what a what, what, why didn't I anticipate this correctly? And then so everyone stopped betting because we're, we're like, oh, all these guys, the 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 square ball betters love McGregor. They always bet McGregor in MMA. Why not? Why, why aren't they going to bet him again? Why not? I mean, and so it got as low as minus 400 is what I saw. So you could lay 400 to win 100, and then the close, the, only at the day of the fight yeah. did it finally the pro said, all right, it's time to fire. And it closed like minus 460 from memory. All right. Um, and then somehow. What a good bet even that was. I know. Somehow, in the first two rounds, if anything, McGregor won. Yeah, yeah. was a, sl- a slight winner in the first two rounds, and the feeling just was that it was a combination of um, Mayweather knew the only way he could win would be just to be to let his guard down and one you know one lucky punch, and if he yeah. just wore down McGregor, he would win every time. And two, there's a feeling also that you know what, if he carried him for like five or six rounds, maybe there'd be a rematch and he'd make another hundred million. Hundred million, exactly. It was good TV. Yes. Yeah. Wasn't there? Oh no, that wasn't the. Uh... Oh, I'm thinking of um, 
when Mayweather fought the uh, no Paul. Uh, the, oh really? The, yeah, 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 yeah. But there was a there was a, the one the one slow motion and the camera angle caught it where he like held him up, mm. like like <laughs> sorry, man, sorry. like he knocked him like he looked like he knocked him out and Mayweather like held him up and it was like he they he was trying to get it to go a couple of rounds just to you know put on a show. Now now yeah. let me let me be fair. So almost always the favorite if there almost always there's no value. In the rare cases, there is value. Now, critics of mine will say, well, Fez, you're the dummy that bet Purdue laying like like a zillion to win $1 um, against, um, you know, a 16 seed. And I'll, I'll be the first to say, hey, that was a poor bet on, on my part. But in the most part, you want to play the VIG. You want you want to lay the VIG and bet the number one seed and risk the 3000 to win the $100 in most cases. Um, not Not always. Um, there are exceptions to the rule, but you know what? They're on more obscure things. So, example, the year Phoenix won the Western Conference, okay? Yeah. Phoenix was a, widely available at 12 to 1. You could get down on that. To win the Pacific Division. To win the Pacific Division. But but you know what? These really good 12 to 1 type of bets, they tend to be more obscure right. divisional type of bets that are people haven't really analyzed and that um, and things have changed. Like well, three days year, later, it was 7 to 1. Yes. You know? It was um, just a badly priced line at that point. This year, Sacramento. To right. win the division right, was right, another right. example of like, like 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 basically you get it you you what happens the market gets anchored too much on pre flop yeah. betting before the season starts and then wait a minute Sacramento's a playoff midway team. through the season the Clippers had lost like four of seventeen Devin Booker wasn't there the Warriors were terrible on the road and the Kings were nine to one great bet it, yes and I know we're, we're so but but when something's hyped and there's a lot of money being bet on it already and it's and it's and it's a marquee matchup all right Rocky Balboa is fighting against Big Yank Baller, and it's the heavyweight <laughs> championship. Yep. And uh, the, you know what? Uh, that's one where, hey, it's pretty clear that these opponents are handpicked. The German champ is not any good, nor is Big Yank Ball any good, nor is Joe Chack any good. And just take Balboa and lay the 440. Or whatever it was. I love it. Fez, uh, good stuff. NBA Finals Game 2 will be on Sunday in Denver. Again, the Nuggets, nine-point favorites currently, and the total down to 214. Best bet, bet this now, plus nine. Will we ever see a nine and a half? I'm confident there is no chance a nine and a half ever pops up I'm on the nine, and I'm on the over. I'm on the plus nine, and I will lean to the over. But you know what? Whenever I see a total dropping, I get greedy. So I like I wait I watch the screen like a hawk when I'm not like going down to Caesars to work out because I love that Caesars gym which I can use as a seven star you know one of my biggest disappointments what's that oh my god I'm gonna get in trouble here well no because I can still <laughs> use it um, if you're ever in Vegas there's like a half the gyms I would say post COVID there's no gatekeeper just walk into the gym with confidence and if there's a sign in area just sign your name Mackenzie Rivers go work out <laughs> no one's gonna stop you grab some coffee in that other room. Well, they might stop <laughs> don't you get greedy, don't get greedy. the way you dress sometimes. Yeah, but not today. Not today. You're not yeah, exactly. You're not, <laughs> but when you're styling like you are today, you'll be just fine. Yes. Stanley Cup final begins uh, tomorrow, Saturday night, 5 p.m. Pacific time. That's the time here in Vegas. VGK hosting the Florida Panthers and our, I say our, Vegas Golden Knights. You jumped on board. Uh, our minus 130 total is five and a half, juiced to the over. I want to give some analytical stats, even though I'd say that this postseason has been the anti-analytics postseason. Um, 
But let's just look at both teams as far as the actual numbers versus the expected numbers. And let's see which of these teams has actually um, done what they maybe are what they should be doing or have they exceeded expectation or have they gone below expectation? Let's start with the Florida Panthers who you can say right off the bat they've exceeded expectation, right? They beat they beat the Bruins. They beat, But let's just see. Florida has scored 50 goals in this postseason in all situations. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. How's your social battery right now, AJ? I know sometimes I get drained, and it could be easy to ignore your social battery and just spread yourself too thin, you know, especially when it comes to social gatherings and maybe just things you're not in the mood for. Well, do you know the right amount of socializing you need to do to keep yourself balanced? Therapy can give you that self-awareness and you can build basically your routine that reflects what you need personally. Everybody's different in this way. That was a big driver for me when I was in therapy. I got a lot out of it. And it's so easy here Give BetterHelp a try if you've said, I don't want to go out of my way to do this. It's all online. It's as convenient as can be, and it's suited to you. It's simple. Just fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch at any time for no additional charge. Find your social sweet spot with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Vegas today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Vegas. AJ. It's important to me that the supplements that I take every single day are of the highest quality. And that's why ever since they jumped the board as a sponsor with us, I've been drinking AG1. Because for AG1, quality isn't just a buzzword. AG1's ingredients are heavily researched for efficacy and quality. And I love that every scoop has prebiotics, probiotics, digestive enzymes for my gut support, B vitamins for energy. It's got the magnesium and ashwagandha for stress support, also testosterone support, vitamin C and zinc to support my immune system. I don't get sick anymore. Well, you're welcome for introducing you to AG1. Yeah, but uh, I mean, this stuff is incredible. And so many people have asked me, are you just reading commercials? No, man. AG1 is actually legit. And there's a reason why I drink it every single day. It just makes taking care of my health so much easier in general. So if you want to replace your multivitamin and more, start with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3 plus K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first subscription at drinkag1.com slash SOV. That's drinkag1.com slash SOV. Check it out. Uh, they are. Their expected goal number, 55.09. Now, this is based upon shot quality? like they, Shot they quality, look at it. Yeah. high danger scoring chances. These, this, these are hockey analytical stats. Uh, I use two websites to, to do this, Natural Stat Trick and Money Puck. Seems like every Florida game they've won two to one, so I would, mm-hmm. I would, I would think it's going to be interesting because I would think their opponents are going to have gotten massively unlucky. We'll see. Well, 43 goals against this postseason. Expected goals against, 64.09. And wow. A, and a lot of that is because of their goaltender, Sergei Bavrovsky, who right now in the postseason... Has gotten extremely lucky. ...has <laughs> 19.7 goals saved above expected. And who's number two? And what's their number? Number two, Igor Shesterkin of the Rangers, 8.8. How good? Twice as good. So how good yeah. was? I don't ask me to repeat the names. How good was Dude and the Florida goaltender over the regular season? Was he an above-average goalie? Uh, not really. In the regular season, um, 
just you know, it doesn't have to be exact. Just yeah, approximate. So in the regular season, he was not a, he was not this good. Um, in his career, he has been this good. This is a this guy. This good? Not this good. Yes, he's a two-time Vezina Trophy winner. He's not twice as good as the best, as the second best goalie in the league, though. Mm, he like he, in his in the years where he won the Vezina Trophy as the best goaltender in the league. Okay. I mean, he's, he's been one of the best goalies. Yeah. Well, now wait, wait a minute, wait, wait. A minute. But, but but this number is like he he's given up only. This number is absurd. This is Mariano yeah. Rivera. In, in other words, yeah. if your opponent's supposed to give up three, if your opponent's supposed to get three goals yeah. against an average goalie, mm-hmm. this dude is giving up two. Yeah, and I will accept the fact that he should be giving up two and a half, but by I will com- not accept the fact he should only give up two. By, com- by comparison, in the regular season, Bobrovsky was twenty third in the league in goals saved above expected, at six point two. All right, so let me take this forty three and sixty three, and all things being equal, um, this is high level math now. Okay, <laughs> I don't, I, I don't attempt this at home. I'm going to go ahead and say they should have given up 53 goals, splitting it down the middle. Giving saying, him credit, but not crazy. He's mm. a really good goalie, and he's hot. But let, he's standing on his head, and that just can't continue. So let's assume Florida should have given up 53. So, you know, I think that's a good middle ground. We look at Vegas. They have scored four, They have scored 62 goals this postseason. They have only been expected to score 49.62. Gotten lucky in the opposite direction. So they have exceeded expectation when it comes to scoring. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I could even... I could look back to that game three against Dallas where Jake Ottinger lets in three soft-ass goals in the first period where if you look at all of those, like I looked at the the analytics after that game, Vegas shouldn't have scored on any of those shots. Mm-hmm. You know, like th- these were like one-timers without deflections that any average goaltender saves. Well, now, to be fair, no shot should go in, right? So you, you but ideally, but, but what you're saying is <laughs> yeah. over over that first period they yeah. should have scored like 0. .7 goals exactly. and they, and got they scored three. three. Yes, yes. So Vegas has exceeded offensive expectation mm. by scoring 62 goals as opposed to round up the 50 that they've been expected to score. Defensively, they have allowed 45 goals. They were expected to allow 52.27. So both teams are massively overrated. <laughs> both teams have overperformed <laughs> oh, defensively. But the thing that I take away from all of this is the offensive overproduction from Vegas. What's more sustainable? The defensive overproduction or the offensive overproduction? In my opinion, the defensive overproduction is more sustainable. So you're going to look selectively hot. to under. You're going to assume the goaltender stays hot and the miracles for Vegas are not going to continue. And we're going to see some 2-2 heading into overtime games. Yes. I think that's – I like this. Yes. I yeah. think that it's easy to see the goaltenders staying locked in, the defense being locked in. Like Vegas against Dallas in the clinching game. Uh, I think, yeah, that was the 6 nothing game. Dallas had 12 shots through the first two periods, 12 shots on goal. Vegas didn't allow any breathing room, no offensive zone possessions. They just, and that's why Aiden Hill is not getting, that's the Vegas goaltender. He's not getting the same amount of respect. Isn't he like the 12th stringer? Well, that's the thing. Vegas like has Lucas, jumbled it around. Right? <laughs> He's not. <laughs> that's a bad news bears reference. Okay. Not a disease reference. Uh, I don't know about you, Mr. Buttermaker, <laughs> but I want to win. So don't put me in. So since 2006. Stanley Cup, 45 overs, 61 unders. Yeah. Say that again. In the Stanley Cup final since 2006, 45 overs, 61 unders. That's 58% unders. And that's without any special analysis. And also, my experience is when I look at the 
Um, and, and by the way, I did want to mention, because it's our Vegas Golden Knights, um, if you are betting in Vegas, and I know everyone's listening throughout the country, but if you're in Vegas um, and you want to bet on the Golden Knights for the series or for the or in game one, you want to bet it now because the books already have liabilities because all the locals bet on their team and all the locals are going to bet on their team game one. So the number is going to be higher in Vegas. I know it's been trickling downward a little bit. But the number on the, the the price and the vig on the Golden Knights is going to be higher in Vegas than anywhere else in the world, in my opinion, right before the puck drops game one. So if you do want to get the best number in Florida, fly to Vegas. If you can somehow get to the strip with all the goddamn construction mm. going. <laughs> Tropicana is closed. Flamingo, Wednesday through Friday, is closed. It is impossible to get to the World Series of poker right now, um, unless you park at Ellis Island and walk over. We need uh, Tesla's uh, or Elon Musk's train system. You're the loops, the yeah, loops it's around. It's, it's coming I mean, for this reason. You can use it now from the convention center. I didn't even know that. Yeah, yeah I guess it's time to places. use the monorail, you know, from, <laughs> from the Westgate, perhaps. But the um, bottom line is, you're going to get bargains on the Panthers, especially um, at the Vegas books that have extra liability. The sports books on these Vegas Golden Knights. But I like what you're saying, also, Mackenzie. That um, as far as the under, guess what? The public likes to bet yep. the over. So it's, it's it's very unusual, even if it's. In faraway places, Vig to the over, like the over five and a half, lay 15. Uh, I'm sorry, the if the under is under five and a half, lay 15 in faraway places in Vegas, it's not unusual. You get under five and a half, lay 105, and you yeah. get you get the Vig in the opposite direction because everybody likes to bet overs. And we did hit 17 foul balls. That's a bad news. Just lost to the worst team in the league. Second worst. <laughs> Five and a half the total, even money under five and a half for game one here tomorrow night. Let's get into Major League Baseball. We'll talk about the uh, games coming up here on Friday. Also get you set for some weekend action as well. Griffin Warner, my co-host on the Major League Baseball podcast on RJ Bell's Dream Preview feed, is going to join us in just a moment. But Fez, you actually have a best bet in Major League Baseball to give out. I do, and it's really your best bet because you've been telling me to bet it for like <laughs> months month. <laughs> and I'm like, 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 Hey, I screwed up. I didn't trust you. You know, um, the opposite of the animal house reference where like, Hey, you screwed up. You trusted us. You know, <laughs> the, the brother's car gets trashed. The, um, plus two twenty, St. Louis Cardinals, uh, long story short, the division absolutely stinks. The Milwaukee Brewers absolutely stink. And they're the only other team that has any viable chance. I think Milwaukee is going to struggle to, to have a above 500 record. Now, I know the St. Louis Cardinals, their underlying numbers year-to-day, especially the pitching, have been bad, but that's because they had the dude behind um, the plate that uh, was— Contreras. Contreras, that all the pitching staff apparently hated. And, uh, you know, I don't, I never trusted a guy anyways. I never trust the catcher. You know why? Why is that? He's, like, lazy, sitting down half the time. You <laughs> it's know, hard to be in that stand. You know, you, know, you know why he sits down the whole game? Relax, I don't know. It's because he wants the man in the black suit behind him to be able to see the game well. Nice. Yeah, it makes nice sense. Guy. That's yeah. a Johnny Bench joke from uh, the 70s in the movie, in the TV show Hee Haw, um, if you've never seen that. But the, the bottom line is the pitching seems much happier without Contreras catching, and the cards absolutely have been able to hit all year long. I actually expect the cards to be in first place come August 1st and then to Bold go prediction. and them to go away and also there here's an organization that won't be shy about spending yep. to have an addition to go ahead and uh, go for it when anything can happen in the playoffs although they probably don't have enough pitching to make any kind of run so I gave out the Cardinals I did give out the Cardinals earlier to win the pennant at 18 to 1 um but I think that 
I would actually be shocked if they don't win the division. You're getting plus 220. How often do you get a plus 220 on something you think is likely to happen? Let's bet it. I agree. Um, I'm going to give you one as well for doing division futures. The Yankees right now are plus 330 to win the, to win the American League East. Uh, they're six games back of Tampa. Now, Tampa obviously got off to an incredible start. Tampa has also been dealing with injuries to their pitching staff over the past month plus. They did get Glass now back, but they've lost other guys in that rotation. No team in baseball has won more games in the month of May than the New York Yankees. Hmm. So they are hot right now. And this weekend, Giancarlo Stanton comes off the I.L. Josh Donaldson comes off the I.L. And Judge missed some games earlier in the year. This lineup is about to be at full strength or as close to full strength as we have seen since opening day. It's like Star Wars. This It's time to show everyone yeah. that this battleship is, is operational. operational. <laughs> it's going to happen. And so you look at this Yankees team that has a plus 40 run differential. Yes, they're not. Evil as, there's not yeah. as good as the Rays who have, again, the Rays were incredible. This incredible start that they've gotten off to. But the Yankees offense is about to get stronger. And right now, no one in Major League Baseball playing better than the New York Yankees. Again, no one has won more games in the month of May than the New York Yankees. I understand we're in June now. But in May, no one has won more games than the Yankees. And what's the line? Plus 330. A little kink in the Tampa Bay armor where they almost got swept in, of all places, Wrigley Field. Yeah, that was a terrible series. Stroman's Cavalry came in and tore up the tracks on their – on their bats, where they they got shut out, and um, by the way, that's the night that they pulled they pulled old Dixie down. Stroman's cavalry was. <laughs> I always think of that song, and, and one of the, the famous artists sang that song. She and she sings it. So many so many cavalry came because she couldn't understand the lyrics, and she they weren't written down for her. The Yankees in this, it, the Yankees still have to play their series against Oakland, right? But in the second half, now this is why I like the, the, the Rays had a very soft schedule to start the season. Mm-hmm. The Yankees have a soft schedule to end the season. In the second half of the season, the Yankees will play series with Colorado, Kansas City, Detroit, Miami, Detroit again, Pittsburgh, Kansas City again. So you got Miami that is a game above 500, but it's like a minus 50 run differential and a bunch of hot garbage. Yes. I like it. Plus 330 Yankees to win the East. All right, let's welcome in Griffin Warner uh, as we break down the schedule here for Friday. Griffin, thanks for joining me here on SOVAM. Let's get to the Major League Baseball board for today. We have uh, an early start time in Cincinnati, 510 Eastern time. This is an Apple TV game. The Reds hosting the Brewers. Corbin Burns, who has not had a Corbin Burns-like season, going for the Brewers. And Brandon Williamson. We'll get the start for the Cincinnati Reds. Milwaukee minus 178, the total nine and a half. I mean, big price. Corbin Burns, maybe he's going to turn into the Cy Young winner he was years and years ago. Um, Not that long ago, obviously. But, um, man, I don't know. I don't really know that I trust Williamson yet. I feel like the Reds are potentially going to be one of those sneaky good teams second half of the year once they start calling up their prospects. But they haven't done it yet. Um, I'm not sure that playing a a really competitive series at Boston says a lot, honestly. Um, So they're, they're one of those teams of kind of like stalking, looking to potentially back at some point soon, but seeing that big price on the Brewers on the road. Yeah. Maybe they might hit a little bit better in great American, 
American ballpark, but sheesh, that's a gigantic price for an offense that's pretty limited. Speaking of a gigantic price, the Marlins are minus 205 hosting the A's. Yuri Cabrera gets the start for the Marlins. Uh, excuse me, Edward Cabrera. I'm mixing yep. up the two pitchers now for the Marlins, but Edward Cabrera gets the start for the Fish. And uh, Fujinami is back in the in a starter's role for the A's. He just has a 12.00 ERA and uh, has not started since, I guess, his third start of the season back on April 15th or a little after that. I mean, I had Hulk Hogan Harris um, also on a list. I don't know what Oakland's doing. I don't think they know what they're doing. Maybe um, they're just using I, Fujinami as an op- as an opener. Maybe whatever they're doing, it's probably not going to work very well. They're they're going into a ballpark where they have probably the best chance to win if any place that they're going on the road. It's hard that it's literally the opposite side of the country, but um, it's a little weird to see Miami priced this way. They are awesome in one-run games. Uh, I don't know that you necessarily want to play one of those against Oakland because I feel like that's how you take losses, but um, also don't blame you for messing up the two uh, the two guys that – Names start first names start with E in the Miami rotation that are both relatively young. Um, but Edward Cabrera, I mean, it, there, this is a, a lineup he should be able to knife through. Um, I wish I had some sort of interest in Oakland. Uh, I feel like you really killed them and hit it so well on Monday, and they came back again and won a second straight day for, from the Braves and almost swept them. Um, I just don't really feel like Oakland's a team I want to back this year. The Phillies are at the Nationals. Zach Wheeler gets the start for Philly. They're laying minus 190. Josiah Gray gets the start for the Nationals. Phillies coming off a sweep at the hands of the New York Mets. I mean, Josiah Gray has been good, and the Nationals have been really competitive this year, even though everyone expected them to be awful. Um, I mean, another... I, I swear, the, the favorites are taxed to, to heaven at this point, it seems like, in, in almost all of Major League Baseball, which I'm sure is limiting the handle and is making it a lot less fun for people like you and I to handicap games when half of them are not even worth looking at. Um, I'm trying to find reasons to get interested in Washington. I will say Zach Wheeler finally looks like he's turning around, though. The Cardinals are at the Pirates. Jack Flaherty goes for St. Louis. Rosne Contreras for the Buccos and St. Louis is minus 135 as the Cardinals climb up and up those standings. I mean, respectful of a Jack Flaherty who's still very, very inconsistent and not trustworthy to me. Um, Pittsburgh has certainly come down to earth after a great start to the season, but Ramsey Contreras can be competitive. Um, I feel like St. Louis would look like a really good bullpen is now looking like Giovanni Gallegos and a very, very questionable uh, Clay Helsley. And, and ultimately I, I don't even know that Gallegos, Gallegos is ever really that trustworthy. So um, I'm, much more interested in the Pittsburgh side here. Uh, I feel like their bullpen's been pretty capable so far this year. We, I, I always trust David Bednar. Getting to him is a little bit concerning. But um, Pittsburgh, I feel like, is, is a team I want to back at home. Um, certainly not one of the prom queens of, of Major League Baseball. But got off to a good start this year. Kind of held their own in San Francisco from what I was watching them late night this week. Um, maybe a little bit of a jet lag return back to Pittsburgh, but I like them and I still like the idea of being against Jack Flaherty. The Rays visit the Red Sox. Tyler Glass now makes his second start of the season. Garrett Whitlock goes for the Red Sox. What did you think of Glass now's first start of the year? 
uh, pretty tough. Uh, yes, at home's nice in that cavernous Tampa Bay, St. Pete, whatever we call it, ballpark. But having to start off with the Dodgers, maybe not the the October version of what we will see from Los Angeles, but still a pretty tough area to come back to. Uh, didn't live up to expectations. I, I thought was okay, but ultimately uh, it's hard to simulate the AAA, uh, the Dodgers in AAA. Um, I do feel like this is another tough test for him going to Fenway Park. Um, certainly will have the swing and miss to keep himself competitive, certainly. Um, but feels like a, a kind of a cheaper price considering Garrett Whitlock. Maybe he had a good start his last time coming back off the IL. I'm still not sold in him. Um, so it almost makes it feel like Tampa Bay, while, yes, they are favored on the road at Boston, and that was something that was unheard of years ago. They're the best team in the league, and they're facing, to me, one of the, the worst, um, especially compared to what the market thinks of them. Yeah, Tampa, I'm seeing minus 136. Uh, Blue Jays at the Mets. Chris Bassett, former Met, on the hill for Toronto. Justin Verlander goes for the Mets. New York is minus 135, and they are coming off the sweep of the Phillies, playing some good baseball. Maybe they're getting hot. Um, I'm not sure I trust Verlander just yet. Chris Bassett coming off a bad start, first one in a long time uh, after pitching really well. Uh, I think Bassett on the return to, I guess, what was a second or third home after leaving Oakland, where he spent most of his career. Um, I, I like that he has the know-how to how to pitch in that park. I'm still not really sold on the Mets, I got to say. So uh, it's Bassett or nothing for me. The Mariners visit the Rangers. Luis Castillo gets a start for Seattle. John Gray for the Rangers. Seattle's minus 125. And I kind of like the Rangers as home dogs here. I don't blame you. I was trying my best to make uh, the Rangers a, a home favorite. I almost got there slash kind of did when I was making my numbers here. Because I was just looking at it, and I was like, no way is Luis Castillo going to be favored at, at, at Texas considering how well the Rangers have played and how much they've been hitting the ball. But I think this is a really good indicator. The market doesn't believe yet in the Texas Rangers. I think the soft schedule we've been talking about on this podcast over and over and over again, um, you can only beat who you play, of course, or whoever you're matched up against. But um, I do feel like there's some coming down to earth that's going to happen and, and some regression in the mean for Texas. But John Gray has been pretty good since he came off the I.L., Still is a good arm. Um, I was really hoping to back Seattle as an underdog here just because I like the pitching matchup um, and still feel like they're, the Seattle bullpen is so much better than, than what Texas has and is trotting out there. But uh, I can't help it when I see Castillo. I don't really love the idea of fading him, but um, Texas is a home, home underdog. It's probably the only way I can look in this one. Angels will have Shohei Otani on the mound against Framber Valdez and the Astros. Framber getting pushed back from his start yesterday. Houston's minus 130. You got Shohei as a road dog. What do you think about this? Uh, I'm surprised. I, I'm Some of these numbers I've been struggling with today, I'll admit. Um, I was hoping to get Valdez potentially as an underdog, but clearly that's not even close. Um, I don't know that Houston is really turned up just yet. Their lineup still seems like if they're going to keep trotting out Jose Abreu in the fourth or fifth slot, um, that's a problem because he uh, can't catch up to a fastball, it seems. Had an okay night on Thursday. But um, ultimately, I feel like Houston seems a little overpriced here. Um, I don't know that I really want to back an Angels bullpen going on the road and having to potentially – overcome a Houston one that probably won't be used a ton because from Valdez goes six innings at a minimum, gets a quality start at a minimum. Um, never a bad idea to grab Otani as an underdog, but uh, I do feel like Houston is a better team than the angels and they're at home. So I guess this number makes a little more sense than I was expecting. 
Aaron Savale gets the start for the Guardians at the Twins and Bailey Ober. Minnesota's minus 140. Low total, eight and a half. Uh, especially low after watching the, the Cleveland bullpen melt, melt down on Thursday night. Um, if Cleveland is going to put up six runs on Jorge Lopez, or excuse me, not Jorge Lopez, on Pablo Lopez, so many, so many Lopez's, so little time in that Twins uh, bullpen or, or pitching staff, um, but scored six runs uh, on Thursday, the Guardians did, and couldn't hold on to that lead. I'm starting to really worry about Trevor Steven um, in that eighth inning role. Um, getting the ball to Class A seems to be like a big problem for them. And they don't really have enough hitting uh, to really do that uh, or really survive. Bailey Ober's been really great to start the year for Minnesota. Um, they're getting healthier, seeing Royce Lewis just smacking the ball around with another big home run tonight uh, to tie the game. Jorge Polanco with a big double uh, coming off the IL for this first game back on Thursday as well. Um, I'm trying to find reasons to avoid Cleveland. And honestly, I don't need a lot here. I'm not sure about Savali coming off the IL either. Chase Anderson will get the start for Colorado in KC against Jordan Lyles and the Royals. And despite Jordan Lyles um, throwing a really good game to start, like uh, against the Nationals, I think he allowed one run in the first inning and then went four scoreless innings. Uh, he then showed up in the sixth where he got tagged for a bunch of runs. Lyles this year has not picked up a win. He is 0-9 with a 7.3 ERA. Yet, Kansas City's favored, minus 120. So you're saying there's a chance. Uh, yeah, I don't I don't love backing pitchers that uh, are about to go 0 in double digits um, to start the year. I do feel like this is one of the best type of scenarios he could have, drawing a Colorado offense that's nothing uh, really in course field, and it's even worse and, and less than nothing on the road. Um, I, I feel like this number is reflecting a better Kansas City bullpen than what Colorado's got out there. Pierce Johnson, I mean, incredible whip numbers, all those sort of things, despite a fairly high save total so far this year. Blew the game today in Arizona, um, so I feel like there's going to be some jet lag involved as well. Uh, as weird as it sounds, like it's Jordan Lyles as a slight favorite or nothing for me when I'm looking at this one. Reese Olsen makes his major league debut for the Tigers. Not sure what the White Sox are going to do with their pitching situation yet, but do we know anything about Olsen? Uh, hadn't heard of him until today. Um, feel very unprepared on him, so I'm kind of glad there's no number for me to have to speculate on either side of this one. Braves are at the Diamondbacks, a game that I will be a present for in Arizona tonight. Uh, Charlie Morton gets a start for the Braves. Merrill Kelly. For the Diamondbacks, Atlanta minus 130 with a total of nine. Well, treating with treating you to two potential gas cans, but um, ultimately, Charlie Morton has had uh, a great career uh, after looking like he was never going to settle in the big leagues. Merrill Kelly's been really good lately, too, so you might even get a, a sneaky good pitching matchup, potentially. Um, neither bullpen's great, so you probably want to hang in those seats unless you're going to... Scott, you, you look like a pool guy, though, so you might be in the pool and in the out. <laughs> Um, I tell you I what, like, I will be walking around the ballpark. I promise you that. I mean, that I respect, uh, you know, little uh, little cannonball just to get on TV might be worth it. But um, I'm not sure I would do that myself if I was there. So I'll leave that to the side. Um, but when I look at this number, Arizona is playing really well, tied with the Dodgers right now in the NL West. But I don't believe in them. Um, I don't believe in their bullpen. Atlanta's been really struggling with their own bullpen, but I consider it better than Arizona's. So I feel like Atlanta seems to be – a, a reasonable road favorite at this point, at a pretty short price for Atlanta. But coming off a really poor series in Oakland, I feel like this is a good opportunity for Atlanta to start 
really being motivated to kind of show Arizona who's boss. Michael Waka gets the start for the Padres against the Cubs in San Diego. Jamison Tyone on the hill for the Cubs. Padres minus 169. Nice. Uh, big price for San Diego. Uh, can't trust Tyone until he shows that he's passed his groin injury. Uh, I need at least a bunch of good starts to believe it, considering how poor he's been when they stupidly decided to do his rehab starts at the Major League Baseball level. Um, don't like the Cubs bullpen either. Uh, San Diego's been unimpressive to start the year, but I feel like they're going to start getting right eventually, and this is a good spot to do it. So the Yankees are at the Dodgers, and it's a nice, fun series, brand names. The Yankees will send Luis Severino to the mound, and the Dodgers will send Clayton Kershaw to the mound. Dodgers are minus 140. An important thing to note about the Yankees, first off, nobody won more games in the month of May than the New York Yankees, but also the Yankees have activated Josh Donaldson, John Carlos Stanton, and Tommy Canely from the injured list. That is some reinforcements for a Yankees team playing good baseball right now. Yes, and much-needed reinforcements considering what – uh, I think Willie Calhoun was hitting third behind Judge. Real, real great protection um, on on Wednesday night in a, a nothing nothing game that went to the tenth inning and they couldn't score with bases loaded, one out. Anyway, I'll stop. I'll stop complaining about that one. But um, great series in Seattle. Ultimately, winning the first two, nearly getting a, a road sweep. Um, I'm not really sure what to expect from Giancarlo right off the IL. Certainly a good. I mean, even just the body in that lineup will give a lot of protection to other hitters in there. Rizzo, I don't think he's at the IL, but wasn't playing at all this week so far. I'm not really sure his status, but with the new IL rules, if you wait more than three days, you can't backdate it for that long. So he must be around the corner, potentially coming back. Um, that makes me feel like this number is a little bit more explainable because it seems really short on, on the Dodgers, especially with Kershaw. Well, he's been throwing this year. Um, Severino coming back, though, big arm, never a bad idea as an underdog. Uh, I'm really looking forward to this series. I think it's going to be an awesome, very entertaining one. Late night, so especially good for uh, coming home from whatever you're doing during the day. Not having to worry about getting too distracted unless you're swimming in that pool at Chase Field. Um, but I got to say, I'm, I'm interested in seeing how Severino does here. Because I don't think the Dodgers are that dominant force that they have been for so many years. Uh, I just think Stanton and Donaldson, two big right-handed bats in that lineup against a lefty in Kershaw, uh, will boost the Yankees here in this game. And finally, the Orioles at the Giants. San Francisco minus 160 with Logan Webb on the mound against Dean Kramer. Uh, feels like a big price for San Francisco, considering how dom or competitive the uh, Orioles have been. Um I, I mean, Logan Webb has been so good, so it's really hard to find any fault with wanting to back him at home. Uh, I think I'm more interested, especially in that ballpark and with great bullpens, about seeing low totals and, and low run, amount of runs scored. Uh, maybe a, a first five under would kind of – you lose a little bit of the Baltimore bullpen's influence there, but you also don't have to deal with the Manfred Ben ghost runners late in the game, and especially after watching the, uh, the Cleveland-Minnesota game on Thursday somehow go over after – being 1-1 in the fifth. Um, bullpens are, are starting to really scare me at this point. So uh, I feel like big price on Kramer. I don't know that I trust him enough uh, against San Francisco to really go punch for punch with Logan Webb, but Logan Webb has kind of been unlucky this year. Um, so I think the more I talk about it, I don't see a lot of runs in this one, and I, I guess I'm, I'm talking myself even more into 
the Baltimore Orioles as we're talking about it. Griffin, thanks so much for joining me here on Straight Out of Vegas. Hey, happy to be here. Thanks so much for having me. Head on over to pregame.com and take advantage of a variety of discounted offers we have available for you. First off, if you're not already a member at pregame.com, sign up because it's free. And then once you sign up, all new members get a free $25 to use on anything they want on the website. But we have incredible offers such as bulk dollars. We got a great bulk dollar deal right now. If you go to pregame.com, click on buy picks at the top of the page and then look under special discounts. We got great offers for you there. You can get uh, an all access from your favorite pregame pro, a seven day all access. You can get a weekender all access package. And we're running a promo right now for my straight out of Vegas co-host, AJ Hoffman, who is a mixed martial artist expert, the UFC champ. Uh, no, not the actual fighting champ. I mean, he won and own his professional career, so he's undefeated. But UFC, he's the man when it comes to betting UFC here at pregame.com. And right now, you could sign up for AJ's 90-day UFC all-access. If you go to pregame.com and you buy this so you get every UFC pick from AJ for the next three months, we'll give you $50 off if you use the promo code UFC50. That's at pregame.com, code UFC50. For Mackenzie Rivers and Steve Fezzik, I'm Scott Seidenberg. We are Straight out of Vegas AM.